Hi, everybody. Welcome to an episode, an episode of Liberate Deep Cuts uh, here, quarantine live for your enjoyment of random quarantine talks. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Just be true to you, uh, amazing, uh, elite, uh, certified Akashic Record uh, reader, healer, um, and amazing soul that does so much. One of my best friends, and we are decided uh, so we're making some uh, some some little videos. And Helen just brought up the topic of shadow people. No backdrop people. <laughs> All right, so we're going to yeah. talk about these people. <laughs> We were about to start talking to uh, about them, and I was like, let's get the camera on it, because this could be interesting. All right. <laughs> so I was telling Christina that, um, like, I first heard about Backdrop People through an interview of someone that was kind of doing a little excerpt on Backdrop People from one of Dolores Cannon's books. So it's, I believe it's first introduced in Convoluted Universe Volume 1. And it's this idea of backdrop people and backdrop people from what I understand, because I didn't read convoluted universe. I read three waves of volunteers in a new earth, which we should definitely have a discussion around that. But in, um, in convoluted universe, um, Dolores is regressing a woman named, uh, Suzanne. It's like Suzanne or Suzette. And she's, she first introduces this, concept or idea of what a backdrop person is. And from what I understand from the interview, backdrop, a backdrop person is as if the universe had its own central casting and basically was bringing people to earth that are just meant to be part of the backdrop. And backdrop people Again, from what I understand, they sort of like aggravate humans that have a purpose and backdrop people are never really going to change. They're always going to be who they are. Like they are in, they're in their role. Like they're not going to evolve. They're not going to grow. And so these backdrop people will kind of aggravate people with purpose because it really moves those individuals into like their mission or, you know, the work that they're supposed to be doing. Like it kind of like creates some sort of a catalyst. So if I have you right here, these, these backdrop people are kind of like assigned to make sure that we go upon a certain life path or journey, you know, so that they, they kind of say, um, well, this could teeter on free will and set destiny, right, too? Because, I mean, these backdrop people could be like those uh, individuals like, um, I wonder, okay, I'm going down the tailspin and I'm changing my thoughts a lot, but... Uh, you know how like a lot of people that say like touched by an angel or an angel comes in and kind of pushes along a, a person and like almost jumps into somebody else's body for a moment mm -hmm. or, you know, um, you know, but these, these mm. draft backdrop people, they seem like, okay, they're coming here and they're on a mission, you know, so uh, that they're not here for their self, but they're here for the other. Right. right? 
And so are they, you know, do they hop and travel between body to body? Or are they like, you know, so because like, imagine this, if you had this little backdrop person, okay, and let's say this person's supposed to push you. So you have this interaction with this person so that you learn the lesson of valuing yourself more, whatever the case may be, right? And so this backdrop person starts walking in, deep, 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 this is you. It's trying to push you this way saying, oh, hi, how's your day? Trying to stall you, move you this way to, so you meet this person. But let's say epic fail. They keep on going. Can they pop into somebody else and say, hey, you got to turn around? <laughs> mm. No, I mean, I'm just thinking, right. you know, yeah. like, what if you needed to meet that one person? How does this person operate? So I think they touch on this, actually. Okay. So what Dolores started to do was regress this this woman um, multiple times to, to get more information around what this was. And I think that there was one other regression where someone else brought it up and Dolores was like really investigating it. So it does, it does feel like they, they can pop in a body and they can do what they're supposed to do, but they don't necessarily have to stay in that body, which got me to thinking about hmm. what is happening in the world right now. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't know. That's all I got to say. That's all you got to say. Well, we need to say more on it. So we need to dive deep into that. Okay. So, so easy to sheerly, utterly confuse people, especially with my rant on this. So, so these, these backdrop people, uh, are really these lesson makers or kind of free will interrupters so that people can actually get whatever assignments, lessons, or interactions, whether for them or for another person, right? Because there's also like, what people sometimes don't get is that there's an inner intertwined web that's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So when you completely separate yourself and say, oh, my life journey, my life journey, but maybe part of your life journey was to help this person on their life journey, Yeah, you know? And so like, we forget that just as much as other people are impacting us, we're impacting other people. Mm -hmm. And we have certain things that as a result of one's interaction, that person learns, grows and discovers, you know, or advances or takes a shift or whatever. Okay, so these backdrop people. So she first came about this, you know, and I know that you didn't read the book, but you've been kind of diving into what this is. But so Dolores Cannon first came about this when she did uh, past life regression mm -hmm. on a woman. And what was the, do you know anything about what the story was? Yeah, that? so the background of the story, <clears throat> the woman, um, she regressed into a lifetime where she was like a very hairy person. And she remembers, um, like through the regression, she's, um, you know, basically taken into this spaceship and there was, um, like these very like tall, slender white beings with like very long, like fingers, white eyes, white hair, and they were poking her. And at first she was really upset. Like, you know, they're poking at me, they're making fun of me. And then come to find out, um, she basically was like being taken by her people and then her body just started to like let go of that hair and like she morphed into like one of them. Mm. So they were kind of poking at her. And from what I understand in the interview, it was like they were poking at her and sort of like like making fun because she had this like hair. 
Her mission was to be on earth to save a child. And at first she was under the impression that she did not save this child. Um, the, the information that I have is like kind of broken up. So it's not, I don't have the full yeah. story. So come to find out she did actually save the child. I don't know how or why or what, but, um, through her experience on earth and this mission of saving this child, she first started to come into contact with these backdrop people. So then when she was telling Dolores a little bit more about that life experience, she start, it started to be revealed through that um, regression. Okay. And what was her like interaction with these backdrop people? Like, do you know anything like why they were significant or how she knew that they were even backdrop people? So, uh, yeah, it's a little difficult. Um, she did not know they were backdrop people. The The higher source started to um like basically it was like a transmission it started to just like come through a, because it was it was centered on her trying to save this child and her whole mission in doing that and then when that was all coming out it was like these backdrop people kind of like played a role in that got you okay and so do you think that this is something that's in everybody's life I actually don't know if I believe in this or not. I don't um, know in my soul if that feels true or not. Yeah. Because I think, what, because the other thing that was kind of interesting for me to hear was that backdrop people don't have a soul. And so I kind of sat with that because I obviously, when I work in the records, I work with the soul. So yeah. like my work is to constantly be connected to soul. And so... To even consider a possibility that's that a human or that another life force or anything that's on this planet that's alive doesn't have that, it kind of trips me up. I'm like, oh, hold up, wait a minute. I don't know about that. Yeah. So I don't even know if I where I stand. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be like something that I could see, you know, I mean, the way I look at it for people that say like touched by an angel or something like that, it's clearly like a higher a sentient being that's kind of like working the magic arm of God. Right. You know? And so those are even more evolved souls, not less evolved in, in right. that, in that spectrum, you know? But I mean, the only thing that I could rationalize and put my head around would be, you know, they say that, you know, the, the sands of time, the ribbons of time, uh, wrap around each other. Right. And so what is the past is also the present, which is also the future and all, all realities exist on all planes at a simultaneous point. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you get into that type of mindset, okay, follow me for a second. Then I could see that from our development, at least in this timeline, is that in probably five to ten years, you're going to see very human-like robotics, right? Mm -hmm. And they can even maybe, you know, feel, touch, look like a human with artificial skin, everything mm -hmm. like that, hair, all of that, you know? And so if we got to a point where humans were more robotic or if they could implant a chip into the physical body to control even flesh of the organisms and cells, because this is a tangent, but there's really no reason why we should age, right? And, and I say that because every cell, if it continues to maintain in its integrity, 
Every cell is in, encrypted with your whole sequence of, of your DNA, and it has the ability to replicate and, and duplicate, and old cells die. And every seven years, every single cell of your body is new, right? And so if every seven years, your whole body is a new organism, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no reason why that needs to continue to be an aging organism, mm -hmm. right? If they figure it out, you know, so I've studied a little bit on this, but um, your chromosomes, there's like on the edges of the chromosomes, there's like these little like tail things or whatever. And they say like every time it, it, it splits, you know, and regenerates, like a little part of the, that tail part goes off. They, they're not sure if this is what contributes to aging or not. But there should be no reason why, like whatever the figuring it out of how these cells slightly mutate over time that forms the appearance of aging mm -hmm. in a physical, if they tap in and they can communicate or heal that with a vibration or computer chip or whatnot and kind of communicate with those cells, there should be no reason why a body needs to ever die. Mm -hmm. And if a body doesn't die and the soul goes somewhere, I'm getting out there, but if that could be where I think in like, you know, a future timeline self, they could actually even have us feel like skin, mm. even have us exhibit certain signs of aging if they need the people to play out, but be a computer chip that's controlling it the whole time. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, that would be how I would see the soulless people, but, you know, in more plugged into like a computer simulated world where they're like kind of controlling, oh, no, 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 they program that, that person to do these little things, but... Hmm. Yeah, other than that, though, I don't know. Like, I feel like every animal has a soul. Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel, you know, when we uh, are teaching the beginning certification, how to read the records, we teach people how to access the records of something else having a life force. So like the selenite, like, um, you know, piggy, um, even this studio, Liberate, you know, studios, like has a life force of its own. So everything has a life force. So it just feels like it's a limitation to say that something that is participating does not have that substance, that life force substance. Mm -hmm. Like there has to be something. But I do remember this was um, pretty early on. This was in my Akashic Record practice five, like five years ago. Um, one of my friends, two of my friends and I were just having fun with the records and like asking like, questions that are totally out there. Like were dinosaurs real, like everything. And my friend said, what is the biggest threat to humanity? And I will never forget the answer. And they said cloning. Mm -hmm. So probably everyone has their own perspective on what the biggest threat to humanity is. Right. I mean, it's so many things, but, but when, when you, when we started to get on the subject of like something without a soul, I mean, a clone yeah, no, the, the clone or that artificial, like, you know, because, yeah, because they can, they, and that's what I was kind of getting at, like, they can make a body, you know, they can clone you, right, yeah. you know, and then there's you over there, and instead of you operated with a soul, you're now operated with these micro nano technology chips or whatever that, you know, are so hmm. small I mean, if they can do like little microscopic surgery nowadays and if they can have little tiny like things travel through your bloodstream and they can computer control it, like the nanotechnology is crazy nowadays. Then I, I mean, it's just going to take a little bit of time in our timeline. Yeah. But see, this is goes back to what I'm saying. Like, I think that that reality isn't too far out. 
that there would be physical beings running around without souls that somebody has the intention, but then it's who's playing the computer. Mm-hmm. And But then if so, what I'm saying, with the time wrapping upon itself, that's in our timeline with our technology. But who's to say that there isn't many different cross timelines going on at the same time anyways? I'm talking time travel. I'm talking just quantum leaps. I'm talking different, like, if if you can develop the ability to jump into different timelines within yeah. your own physical existence. Um, but it, there could be, you know, I've watched some time travel videos. <laughs> So, like, these are little things on YouTube. You guys can look them up. But, but um, there's, there's one that points out, like, how time travel has been around for a long time. And they show, like, people with cell phones that are in, like, in, like clips of 1920 movies. They're walking past the stage and they're, like, clearly on, like, a cell phone. And then there's... Um, like weird out 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 dressed people that are like they have been caught in photography mm. that are like with devices or apparatuses that didn't get invented until like 80 years into the future and so there's been these different things to say how long has time travel existed and i kind of personally think the creator of uh the the simpsons uh got stuck here in our reality and decided it would be the you know i mean think about this okay if you were like a certified time traveler in the future Okay. <laughs> I know we're going on tangents here. But if you're a certified time traveler, you would probably have to be somewhat of a historian. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have been able to manipulate or control a lot of the different major events in the rea- in the world because things needed to continue to play out. So you probably studied things inside and out and backwards. So just imagine if you get stuck into a world and you know everything about it and you can't get back because something broke and that part won't get invented again or the, even the chemicals to make it for another hundred years. So you're freaking stuck. So what do you do? You create the longest running cartoon series and you actually drop little nuggets of predictions that are really just, you know, it's part of the timeline. But you also know that it's the most hilarious, just ridiculous cartoon that nobody's going to believe you anyways. <laughs> and so you can safely do it and you can ensure yourself a good life with prosperity, kind of hide under the radar, but allow yourself to use your knowledge. I like where you're going with this, because the next video that I started to listen to was on Parallel Universes. And like how, and again, this is from Convoluted Universe, which I'm totally going to have to read the book now, but um, there's some kind of like a compatible moment where with these parallel universes, you can like cross over. So in the little excerpt that the guy was reading from the book, um, there was this tribe and one of the hunters killed an animal that they had never seen before. And the shaman was like, you need to take great care with this animal. Like, you know, his skull, um, the, the ones that would skin it, the ones that would, the butchers that would like chop up the flesh, like this animal is so sacred. And so then Dolores wanted to investigate, like, well, how did this animal that no one has ever seen, like even come to pass? And like what they started to find out through the subconscious conscious is that it was a parallel universe and that there was a compatible moment where that animal actually like through its physical expression, like came through and the hunter,
hunter was able to hunt it. Wow. So, yeah, so then there's that. So there's the paddable in, in different kind of universes. Because then there's, it might be like other timelines that if they're freaking far more advanced than us, or they have different animals, different life forms, different vegetation, all that stuff. But let, let's just say time travel, go back to that. If these people, like, okay, so let's say these soulless people, these, what are they called? Backdrop people. Backdrop people. <laughs> if these backdrop, I don't know why I can't get that. Backdrop, it's like background players and I know. Backdrop. Okay, so if the backdrop people were, um, you know, being used now, they could easily be teleported here from other realities, you know, like. Yeah. And, and if they're just a computer simulation, it's just or whatever they are, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, another thought that was coming to me was um, maybe they're not, you know, I don't know, soulless or not, but maybe they're just very, like, premature um, fragments of consciousness, you know? It's like their experience of being a human is, like, so minimal, and so they come here and they do what they need to do. Um, they probably are not here for a long time, right? Because when, you know, whenever they fulfill whatever they need to do and then they come to pass, then they get to go back to the oneness and then like have their next experience and they can just continue to evolve that consciousness. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be too. And that's, a, that's to say if we're all a conscious thing. Now, let's take it a different step further. <laughs> What if, okay, if this was, if somebody, I mean, again, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Because then it's like, for what purpose, for what purpose, for what purpose? But if somebody said, okay, we're going to create a school for souls, okay? And they start like, you know, so think about like, if you haven't seen The Good Place, think about that, how they, he's architecturing The Good Place. That's really the bad place. Okay. Amazing show. Love but, that show. But, you know, so he's drawing out the plans and creating the reality to exist for these people to go through. What if like, you know, somebody's creating the reality of Earth and then, you know, just like, okay, The Good Place, again, if you haven't seen this. There are the four main souls that are really there and everybody else is being played by a demon and they're fake. They're pretending to be that they're people in the good place, but they're really just background players, mm. right? You know, for these four individuals experience, right? And mm -hmm. everything circles around those four mm. souls. So what if it's a situation like that, that, you know, Frick, what if we got hijacked so much that we came down here and we think, oh my God, all of this struggle, this pain, this illusion, all of these mm. problems, these emotions that I have. And then you were just like one of a, a like, maybe, maybe there's a few handfuls of souls. And what if it's not the majority of people have souls? What if it's actually the majority of the people are just these other, other players mm. and, and, and then you're dropped in and they're like yeah. oh like kind of in the good place where they're going to torture you yeah like their whole thing was to torture them so that was to torture them but what if the whole thing is to kind of like not torture us but constantly make us challenged right i think that life is about challenges that's what we signed up for challenge then we solve it problem solve challenge growth 
this, that, you know, but we don't want it good. People say they want it good. We don't want it good. We'd be bored out of our mind, <laughs> right? You know, things are good too long in a relationship and you pick a fight, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's, it's like we, we, we want that. No, you're right. And, and one of the things that, um, that I learned, uh, in the records is that earth is a plane of lessons. See? So, I mean, there could be something to this. I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing these backdrop people, but the concept of them I've heard of, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. but specifically the Do- Dolores Cannon uh, version of them. And, you know, I would say like, it makes your mind think, Yeah, you know, like it, it, it's just, but when we think like that, instead of a depowering thing, guys, I'm actually think of it as like an empowering thing, because if you're, if you think like, okay, if I'm meant to just grow and evolve, whether there's these backdrop people or not playing along in this growth, but especially if there were that, mm-hmm. then it makes all of the problems and bad experiences, even this pandemic, all of it seem not irrelevant, but just it's part of the game of life. Mm-hmm. It's it's part of the lessons, right? Yeah. And then, and then you say, oh, do I really need to make that much of an emotional like deal over the situation? Or was this, or was this here serving me? Mm-hmm. Right. Because kind of from that mindset and perspective, the people that are interacting in your life are here to serve you. And that's how I felt like my kind of bottom line with it was, um, very similar, to, similarly to like, um, what you just shared was, to emotionally not be so wrapped up in whatever is kind of stifling me or, Mm -hmm. or making me, um, feel a little like aggravated. It's like, Oh no, you know, kind of taking it with a grain of salt, like, okay. It's almost like, thank you so much for doing that for me. And at the same time, Helen, get aligned. What are you here to do? focus on your work. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. Cause what are we here to do? What is our work? What is our mission? What is our, you know, even just our intentional experience that we're creating, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but that's the fun of it. You know, like how do you just pull yourself back into being present? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And saying, okay, you know, there's these missions, but in the same thing, there's just the essence of being too. That's so, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. Okay. Let's just, <laughs> let's just be, just be, <laughs> just be, that's you. <laughs> so anything, anything else on backdrop people before we you know, I think at the end of the day, we need to just focus. We need to focus within and the work that we're here to do. And, and the truth is, yeah, we don't, we don't need to let, um, people and things around us aggravate us. And, and I always like to come back to a question that I ask myself and it's like, what is my work? You know, what do I need to focus on? What do I put my attention into? Because I can be distracted and pulled in a lot of different directions and can be overwhelming. 
And I think that I can only be responsible for like what my work is. So yeah. And sometimes just being, I know, right. You know, so I don't know. I, uh, I think that we just need to embrace as much as we can and know that in the big scheme of things, things are important, but they're not important. And to allow yourself to, you know, embrace as much of life as you can and figure out how it's causing you to learn, grow, or evolve, or how it's serving other people to learn, grow, and evolve. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. it was fun. I know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Until next time, everybody. <laughs> Bye. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram at Liberate Hollywood, all one word, or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself.